Alright, so if you're a guest this morning, we haven't met before, my name is Matt, I'm one of the leaders here, and uh, really want to welcome you, hope that um, you find that this is a beneficial time, uh, and that you enjoyed your time here with us this morning. Um, and uh, so, if you've been tracking with us for the last while, um, we've been saying that we believe for liberty, that God has us in kind of a season, a time where we're going to be emphasizing two things. And the one is spiritual gifts. We believe that God has given every individual believer a gift from the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, for the uplifting and the uh, encouragement of the body. And so we've been spending some time just talking about those and encouraging us to bring those gifts, to, uh, to use them. And, and then the other thing that we said that we want to emphasize in the season is a culture of the priesthood of all believers. And we said that sometimes... That can sound a little Christianese. You know, sort of the language that we don't really understand. The priesthood of all believers. What does that mean? And so one of the things I asked you to do last week was, right at the beginning, to think about what comes to mind when we say the word priest. And we spoke a little bit about priests and we came back at the end and sort of said, well, you know, has that changed any of your uh, perspectives, your initial sort of knee-jerk uh, reactions? What comes to mind? And so even as we mentioned the priesthood of all believers, we're going to talk about that a little bit again this morning. I'm hoping that we're not taking in some of our old past experiences that are maybe unhelpful, but that we're bringing maybe some more biblical um, expressions. What, is, what does that mean? Biblical meanings. And so I'm going to read from 1 Peter chapter 2 again, but I want to emphasize the last little bit that we didn't really get to speak to uh, about so much last, last week. So 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 4 to 5. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And so I want to start off just by way of, of reminder. I think what this passage is saying is that we are all priests. Every person who's put their faith in Christ now is a priest. And so Jesus is this cornerstone. He's a living stone. And we, as we come to Jesus, we receive that life from this living stone. And we become like living stones. We fit together. Part of God's great architectural purpose and design being fitted together, building our lives on Him, and together becoming a temple, a place where the Holy Spirit can reside, live in, take up residence in. Together, there's a community aspect to it. And so even as we gather here together this morning, there is something unique about how God presences Himself here. I think that's amazing. We could just... Be here sitting on some chairs, drinking some coffee, catering with friends. Or we could realize, wow, there's something that the Spirit of God is doing by us being present together. There's something of heaven touching earth, something of God's space meeting with our space because we gather together in His name. And so not only are we the temple, but we're priests. We're not passive participants, we're active participants. It's not just the pastor. It's not just the elders that are priests. It's not just the leaders that are priests. 
you, if you've put your faith in Christ, are a priest of God. And what do priests do? Last week I tried to emphasize just one thing. With a temple, if it's the space where God is, priests get to come into God's space. And so we spoke about Hebrews. We've got Jesus, the great high priest, who's gone into the true temple, the heavenly temple, and offered a sacrifice, his life for us, a perfect and acceptable sacrifice once, never to be done again because it was enough. And so because of that, we are encouraged to come into God's presence, confidence, not in ourselves, but confidence in the sacrifice of Jesus, confidence in the work of Jesus, in the life of Jesus. That's a big deal. And so priests come into the presence of God. And now Peter says, priests offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So that's what I want us to really look at for today. Now there are many things that, that priests do. I'll just mentioned a few of them. Priests in the Old Testament were to be holy and set apart. They had special functions, they even dressed in a certain way, there was a definite separation and a, and a holiness that the priests had. Priests were to teach the Word of God to the people and to help them to understand the Word. And so even as, as New Testament priests, these new kinds of priests, we are to teach the Word of God. We are disciples of Jesus. That means a student, a pupil. I want to learn what Jesus teaches so that I can do them. And as I do that, I want to teach others, it's disciples who make disciples. We are to teach the Word of God. Priests were to bear the sins of the people. And so Jesus, as our great high priest, bore our sin entirely, fully, but we are to bear with one another, carry one another's burdens, help one another in our sin, help one another to overcome that. Priests were to facilitate rituals of cleansing, and we want to be a people who are washed by the blood of Jesus, clean. He makes us clean. Priests would give an answer to questions that people have of God, and they would represent God and, and give that answer. And priests facilitated the sacrifices of the people for God. And so when Peter says we offer spiritual sacrifices, what does he have in mind? And so reminded us of some things, so now I want to do two things. I just want to offer us a word of caution and a word of encouragement. If we are to be priests who offer spiritual sacrifices, the sacrifices that priests got to offer or the people got to offer couldn't just be any old sacrifice, not just any old offering. We're coming to a holy God, a sovereign God, an all-powerful God, and he specifies that this is acceptable and this is not. This is okay and this is not okay. And so the Old Testament, there was heaps of laws, what was an acceptable sacrifice and what wasn't. So now I want to read you an example just to drive this home a little bit. Leviticus. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, third book in the Old Testament, chapter 22, verse 20 to 21. God speaking about sacrifices, and he says, You shall not offer anything that has a blemish, for it will not be acceptable for you. And when anyone offers a sacrifice of peace offerings to the Lord to fulfill a vow, or as a free will offering from the herd of the flock, 
To be accepted, it must be perfect. There shall be no blemish in it. We don't get to come to God and say, eh, second rate, second hand. We don't get to come to God and define, this is what I'm willing to offer and this is what I'm not willing to offer. Peter understood from, from his upbringing in the, in the Jewish traditions, sacrifices need to be unblemished and perfect. And he's calling on us as priests to offer perfect, acceptable sacrifices and offerings to God. Now there's a problem here, there's a catch here. We are all caught. None of us can offer this to God. None of us can do it. Now I want to read a a quote from Martin Luther, and I've I've done this twice before already. So if some of you are like, I've heard this before, sorry, but I, I think he really gets to the heart of the matter, so I want to quote him here. He's talking about the Ten Commandments, he's talking about uh, idolatry and how our hearts look like they're doing the right thing, but actually not. Here we go. Martin Luther. All those who do not at all times trust God and do not in all their works or sufferings, life and death, trust in God's favor, grace and goodwill, but rather who seek his favor in other things, or in themselves, they do not keep the first commandments, and they practice real idolatry. Even if, even if they were to do the works of all the other commandments, and in addition, had all the prayers, obedience, patience, and chastity of all the saints combined. Right? If you do all those things, but you're trusting not in God, but in yourself. You're seeking His favor in other things. For the chief work is not the present, says Martin Luther, without which all the others are nothing but mere sham, show, and pretense. You're not trusting in God, you're trusting in yourself and what you bring to Him. It's a sham and a show and a pretense. If we doubt or do not believe that God is gracious to us and is pleased with us, or if we presumptuously expect to please Him only through our works and after our works, then it is pure deception. Outwardly honoring God, but inwardly setting up a false Savior. I think what he's saying here is when we bring our offerings to God, it's very easy for us to sneak a hook in there, right? It's, it's bait. So we say to God, God, I'm going to bring this to you. I don't trust fully that you've accepted me, so I'm going to show you. You should accept me. Here are the good things that I'm going to do. Now you must accept me. Here are the good things that I'm going to do. I deserve some good things, right? I deserve some help. I deserve my business to be doing well. I deserve that I've been a good father. I've been a good mother. I've been faithful, I don't cheat on my tax returns, etc, etc, etc. But we're not doing it as a sacrifice to God with no strings attached. We've got lots of strings with little hooks in there. That's a false offering. That's fake. But it's so easy for us to do. We want to prove ourselves to God. And instead we need to trust in Him wholeheartedly that the sacrifice that Jesus offered for us is perfect. Yeah. Don't need to add anything to it. 
So what are these sacrifices then? Free will offerings. Simply, God, you're so worth it. Whatever it is, I'm going to give it to you. Here it is. Here is my sacrifice to you. May it be pleasing to you. So what do those look like? So we need to be cautious. We need to understand that we sneak those hooks in without realizing it. But now I want to bring us to an encouragement. If we place our trust fully in the work of Christ, if we know that because of Christ I'm acceptable to God, I get to bring an offering to God that is spiritual, acceptable through Jesus Christ. What do those spiritual sacrifices look like? I want to bring up just a few. No particular order. It's just kind of as they came up. I'm going to read them out to you. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Spiritual sacrifices. Here we go. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. I love this. This is your spiritual act of worship. So to take my body and say, God, here's my body. It's yours. That becomes a spiritual act of worship. We need to remember, if we truly value Jesus, if we understand that he has bought me, He's brought me out of my old, old life. He set me free. He set you free. But scripture says we are free and we are his slaves. We've been bought by him. You are no longer your own. I am no longer my own. And so what God wants me to do with my body, I want to offer that to him. And sometimes that means the desires that I have in my body, I'm going to say, no. No. Because I belong to God. And suddenly, through Jesus, that becomes a spiritual act of worship. Don't withhold your body from God. How are you doing in your spiritual worship of God with your body? Are your expectations of your body God's expectations of your body? Are your desires for your body, God's desires for your body. There's some questions for you to think about, pray about. Second example, Hebrews chapter 13 verse 15. By him, Jesus, therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name, or the fruits of lips that give thanks to his name. So what you are saying and the gratitude, what you speak of, that can become an offering of worship to God. In the Old Testament, the priests that were set aside for that function, that were holy, some of them would sing in the temple choir and they called it the sacrifice of song or the service of song. I like that. I like that. And it's not just lips that confess his name, lips that give thanks. It's the fruit of lips that give thanks. So the, Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's inside of me is expressed. It comes out, it bears fruit. It's the fruit of lips that give thanks. How's the fruits of your lips doing? How's the fruit of my lips doing? 
Is that worship to God? Is it a sacrifice that is spiritual and acceptable to Him through Jesus Christ? Philippians chapter 4, verse 18. We're talking about sacrifices that are acceptable. Here's another example. Um, Paul receives gifts from the Philippian church, and he says, Philippians chapter 4, verse 18, I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Hebrews 13, verse 16 says, Don't neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Now, we live in a culture where it's, what can you get? How can you develop? How can you expand? How can you gain? And so, it's really odd for us to have this idea that we must give. And it's very easy for us to sit and think, no, there's a catch here. There's a hook. That's because you, the pastor, you just want to get some more money. That the church stuff. You guys just want to fund your next whatever it is. There's something in this for you and your airplanes or whatever it is. No airplanes. Now, I just want to point out, if, if you don't know me, I'm not employed by the church yet. So I'm, I'm not coming saying, oh, you have to give because I'm going to get nothing from it. Paul's saying, what you gave me, what you gave me, is an acceptable offering to who? God. So what you are giving, what you are sharing, what you are doing that is good, you could do that to get to God. You could do that to manipulate God. You could put a hook in there and say, like, I'm generous. You better be generous to me as well. Otherwise, I'm out of here. Or you could just say, God, you know what? You bought me. You gave everything for me. I'm going to give. This is worship to you. And God's going to, through Jesus, that is so acceptable as a sacrifice. And so how is your doing good? How is your sharing? How is your generosity doing in terms of sacrifices that are acceptable to God? They become spiritual. You know that moment when you sit down with that Excel spreadsheet, you putting that budget together, and you sit down and you plan. You say, I plan every month, I budget, that we're going to give away. That is a spiritual act of sacrifice and worship right there. When you're clicking send, that's not going to your savings account somewhere. That's not going for the upgrade on whatever it is. That's going somewhere else. And if that is done in faith in Jesus Christ, that's an acceptable offering, a spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That's amazing. And so those mundane things are suddenly turned into spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And so when we say the priesthood of all believers, I wonder what it is that you're thinking. I wonder what it is that I'm thinking. What comes to mind? No, when you are a priest, you are coming into God's presence and you are turning mundane tasks into things that are spiritual sacrifices. You're priesting. You are being a priest as God called you to be. When you come together this morning, is there a generosity that is acceptable to God as a sacrifice? Is there a fruit of, of your lips that's pleasing to God? Oh yeah, I think so. 
I think there's been a lot of spiritual sacrifice and spiritual worship this morning that has been pleasing to God. Has there been some baited hooks? Or you betcha. All of us are going to have to wrestle with that one. All of us. But by His grace, by Jesus, there's a lot of spiritual worship happening as well that's acceptable to God. John Piper writes, Spiritual sacrifices are sacrifices from Christ, through Christ, and for Christ. They get their power from the Spirit of Christ, they get their content from the Word of Christ, and they have their goal in the glory of Christ. They flow only from a heart devoted to His power and His Word and His glory. And that is the only kind of worship that God accepts. Acceptable sacrifices. If we're thinking, I can never offer an acceptable sacrifice to God, you're partly right. But you're also wrong if you put your faith in Christ. And when you put your faith in Christ and you bring those sacrifices, have confidence, have faith in the work of Jesus. But always be cautious, always checking, always making sure that we're not slipping back into leaning in our own ability, in our own sacrifices. And so I want to encourage us, so the last two Sundays, I want to encourage us to do the priestly service of coming into God's presence and the priestly act of offering sacrifices that are spiritual, acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And so maybe you realize just in listening, you're like, ah, oh, those things that I used to do, that's also priestly functioning. I want you to be encouraged by that. You have been functioning as one of God's new kinds of priests. Well, maybe you realize that actually you haven't been doing it. How you are living and what you are bringing to God has not been acceptable to Him. And so I want to encourage you, as was read this morning, in fact, there's, there's been two things. There was the scripture that Glenn read this morning and, and the word that, that Inga brought. I, I didn't speak to any of them about this morning. And I think they, they popped up again. So the very scripture that, that Glenn opened up with, this is what I'm, I'm landing with. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 to 16. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Right? He's not a, a superman that's just so disconnected from our weaknesses. But rather, one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And so let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Perhaps listening to this, you're thinking, oh my goodness, I can't do this. I want to encourage you to draw near to the throne of grace. Because of Jesus, you have access to God. You are able to come and say, help me do this. And you know what he can? You can offer sacrifices that are spiritual and acceptable to him. Perhaps you're here this morning and, and you're saying, somehow, Jesus offering himself for me sounds really good. There's something in your heart, you don't maybe know it consciously or intellectually, it doesn't make sense, but you're saying, whoa, Jesus offered himself for me, I want to accept that, I want to receive that, I want to take that on. There's no hoops that you have to jump, there's nothing you need to do, and yet 
give up your very self to him. Because as you die with Christ, you receive his life. And so perhaps you would fall into one of those three categories. I want to invite us just now for an opportunity to respond in prayer. Perhaps you want to pray by yourself. Perhaps you want to pray with some people. I want to invite you to do any of those. And to spend some time either thanking God and asking for help to be even better in your offerings of sacrifices to Him in that priestly function. Or perhaps for the very first time, you're just saying, Jesus, I accept your sacrifice for me. I give myself to you. And if you're in that third category, I want to invite you to pray with someone. If you came with someone, pray with them. You don't need some fancy priest if everyone is a priest. Perhaps you're not comfortable and you want to say, okay, I'll bring you to my life group leader. If I'm in a home group, something. If you don't know anyone, then I also would love to pray with you and happy to chat with you. But I invite us to spend a few minutes and pray with one another, and then we'll close the meeting.